Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads, and welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massengill, and I am joined by my cohorts on this um, angry Sunday night. And, yeah, we're all a little cranky with uh, Formula One and this Andretti deal, but I got Bob Varsha with me, and Bob's in Florida joining us. How are you, Bob? I'm great, thanks. Actually, I'm in an undisclosed location, but you've blown my cover, so yes, I'm in Florida. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's a big state. Well earned rest. <laughs> yeah, it's a big state. You'll be all right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm in the far western part. I'm trying to. Not mixed with the Floridians. Yeah, cranky. That's the word. (laughs) (laughs) And Jonathan Green down in New Zealand. Where are you this week, Jonathan? I'm in the home of earthquakes, Christchurch. And yes, even the great tectonic plates of Formula One have been heard this far afield. Nobody down here is very happy either. Well, I'm going to go over what we're going to talk about on the show tonight. And it's not going to take me long because we're going to talk about two things. And in the order that they happened, about 24 hours apart, we're going to talk about the F1 rejection of Andretti's bid to join Formula One. And that's the part we're cranky about. The And then we're going to talk about the other seismic event. Jonathan, I'll, I'll go with the theme. And that would be the uh, Hamilton move to Ferrari next year and all the ramifications that could come with that. But uh, But we are going to start with the Hamilton story because we're going to save the... The, the Andretti story for just a few minutes. But uh, this one was, uh, you know, I, I say it was a huge surprise, but I, I don't know. In my mind, the Andretti story was a bigger surprise. But what about, let's start with you, Bob Varsha. What do you think? Was this uh, a big enough surprise for you? Oh, it was huge. And I think if you read across the, the uh, you know, the acknowledged wise men and women of uh, Formula One journalism, they were all surprised. I don't think anybody saw this coming, although certain individuals said, you know, they, there's a, a huge story coming. I'm not sure they even they knew what it was going to be. But, yeah, it's huge. Uh, 2025, uh, Lewis Hamilton, the, the most accomplished Grand Prix driver of all time, will become a Ferrari driver. Just because there was no rumor of it, it was such a well-kept secret for so long, that makes it a surprise. The fact that Lewis wants to be a Ferrari driver, no surprise at all. My old colleague Steve Matchett used to say, every Formula One driver <laughs> wants to be a Ferrari driver. So good on him. I saw Nigel Mansell weighed in today. People saying, oh, Lewis is too old. Is He's going to you know, go over a cliff in terms of his ability to win races and be competitive. Hold that thought. Um, Nigel won his one and only world championship when he was 39. Lewis isn't that old yet, so... You know, there could be wonderful things happening there. Lewis, you know, got a bolt from the blue when he went to Mercedes after several years of the Silver Arrows being totally uncompetitive, even with one of the best drivers of all time, Michael Schumacher, behind the wheel. They couldn't hit their ass with both hands. But Nicky Lauda goes and finds Lewis and says, this is going to be good. You better get over here. So he abandons McLaren after more than a decade with the team that brought him to Formula One and uh, a couple of world championships and goes over to Mercedes, and suddenly uh, in the hybrid era, they start wiping up the floor with everybody. So good on it. Well-timed. Is this another case of Lewis having the kind of inside information 
that will lead to another run of Hamilton-level success. We'll just have to wait and see. All I can say is he must have had some wonderful assurances about his role vis-a-vis the golden boy of Ferrari to this point, Charles Leclerc. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, Jonathan, it was probably, what, 2012, we were on the air, and you, the announcement came, or whatever, I think it was 2012, the announcement came that Hamilton was leaving McLaren, going to Mercedes, and you, actually, you called it before it happened, didn't you? You said Hamilton could leave, and here's why, and you called it spot on, but uh, you missed this one, but um, what do you think about this? Yeah, um, you know, the, the, there's two things in a driver's career that are that are essential. One is um, being really fast, and the other is making really good decisions. Alonso has lost out in that battle for making really good decisions in terms of titles. I think the talent between Alonso, Verstappen, and Hamilton is pretty pretty similar. Um, but the decisions that each of them have made, Verstappen has obviously been b- b- born into where he is, and so it's working out for him. Um, and there's no question that while Lewis, I remember distinctly at the time, everybody said he was insane to go to Mercedes. Why would you give up McLaren, the most successful team, when Mercedes had done nothing? And, you know, here we are 10 years later. And he's off to Ferrari. So Lewis has had a golden touch when it comes to that. And you ask for how many reasons. I'll give you 400 million reasons why he would want to go to Ferrari. Uh, that that alone is enough. Um, but I think he was going stale at Mercedes. And I don't think Mercedes can give him that eighth title. Um, will Ferrari do? I don't know. Um, but at the same time, I think he'd prefer to be at Ferrari with a guy like Charles Leclerc, who, again, is yet to see his full potential. I think both those two will work well together and will take on Verstappen, um, you know, together, united. Um, They'll share the data. They'll work towards him. They'll race against him. And I actually think it's a a really good story for both Lewis and the sport. Well, you know, I when I thought saw this and obviously it was a huge shock to me, too, but. I thought I started thinking about it over the next few days and I saw a quote from Total Wolf and he said how he he said how he framed it to me is perfectly understandable. He needed a new challenge and was looking for a different environment. And maybe this was the last possibility of to do something else because, look, he is 40 years old. And and what was he there at Mercedes? Almost 12 years. That is a long time. That's longer than most people race in Formula One. But it's a long time to do anything, to do any job, to do you know, and so having the desire to do something new and and obviously a big challenge, uh, I think that probably played into it because yeah, it's a huge amount of money, but Lewis has probably got that much money in the bank. So uh, he doesn't need money; he's got more money than he can ever spend. Yeah, and the challenge business, yeah, I get it, and, and of course the cachet of Ferrari, I totally get it. Uh, you want a challenge? Go take Alex Albon's seat at uh, Williams. And <laughs> there's a challenge. Go to Haas. That's a challenge. Go to uh, Steak. That's a challenge. <laughs> uh, our producer put up the photo of um, Fred Vasseur and Lewis Hamilton earlier. And I wanted to ask you guys, uh, we've liked what Vasseur has brought to Ferrari. And now I think everyone likes what he's brought to Ferrari. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, do you think this, is, this uh, puts... Fred Vasseur in the Ferrari Hall of Fame? <laughs> I, I, I think it's, you know, 
I think it's a great decision because people forget that he 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 worked with Vasseur back in Formula Three, and so he's got a relationship with Frederick Vasseur. And I also think he likes Charles Leclerc. Charles was asked um, not that long ago, you know, who would his perfect teammate be, and he looked at Hamilton and said Lewis. And you know, um, I think there's been quietly since uh, Vasseur got there a hope that that, that they could convince. Lewis to come. I think um, will it put Vesser in the Hall of Fame? Depends on what the results are. You know, if Lewis does fall off a cliff in terms of performance, then Vesser is going to look kind of silly, especially with the money they're paying Lewis. I saw a report sourcing information from a French publication saying that they're going to pay him eighty-seven million a year. Yeah, they're going to start a a a a funding mechanism for Lewis's off-track foundation and his various charities. And they're going to put 270 some odd million dollars into that. Uh, whether those numbers were all true or not, you know, we'll find out in the fullness of time. But it's, you know, it doesn't sound like from the reports I've seen that Fred Vassour had all that much to do with it. John Elkan, the ultimate boss yeah. at Fiat, stepped into the negotiations when Lewis turned down 50 million a year to go to Ferrari. Uh, and that's when the big numbers started to pile up. So, you know, who knows? Uh, but there's definitely, uh, yeah, millions of reasons why uh, Lewis might want to go from for, to Ferrari um, over and above the fact that it is Ferrari. Well, I, I, I remember Friday or th- I guess Thursday when it happened. Or was it Wednesday now? I can't even remember. But when the when the Mer- uh, yeah, F1 tweet came out and I was looking at it and it was this, it was just surreal that he was going there. So. It was, I mean, obviously I was caught up like everybody else, but, but, you know, you talk about, will he succeed? I I didn't see any drop off with Hamilton, especially 2023, 2022. I felt like I did, but I felt like that was almost, he was just despondent. It felt like, but last year he looked just fantastic. And I, I expect him to be able to do as much as much as he can with that car. Yeah, and I would argue that yeah, and I would argue that this is the best driver combination of two drivers in Formula One now for twenty five. Um, I, 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 I mean, whoever you put with Verstappen will be good, but not as good as Hamilton. And I think Charles Leclerc potentially, and we've seen that from his qualifying, uh, is as good as anybody. So whoever Verstappen gets, whether it be Perez continued, whether it be Ricardo, whether it be Lawson. Uh, whoever Mercedes get with Russell, whether it be Alban, whether it be somebody else, they're still not going to be as potent as a driver force of driving a team forward than those two, Hamilton and Leclerc. Mm. Mm. I'm a little warm on that subject. Um, I don't okay. know who, who would argue necessarily is better. Charles Leclerc has won five races, none since 2022. Lewis has won 103. So, you know, it's not like they're peers when it comes to achievement in the sport. And, um, you know, Leclerc just has this ambiance around him, this atmosphere of if, a, you know, if an anvil, a cartoon anvil is going to fall from the sky, it's going to miss Wiley Coyote and it's going to land on Charles Leclerc on a race weekend. <laughs> He'll qualify with the best of them. But come the races, you know, I there, there's improvement needed there. Maybe Lewis will bring out the best in Leclerc. I don't know. Again, it's going to come down to team orders. Nobody is more blatant about that than Ferrari. 
So who gets to go? Remember Carlos Sainz blowing up at uh, the British Grand Prix last year? Guys, don't tell me to let my teammate buy. Don't put me in that situation. I'm competitive. I have a shot. Ferrari okay. won't hesitate to do that. And whether Charles or Lewis will buy into that remains to be seen. Jonathan, before you take that next bite, Point. I want to ask you yes, sir. about <laughs> I want to ask you about the culture at <laughs> the culture at Ferrari. I think Fred Vasseur has changed it. It feels like. And do you think that Hamilton's presence can continue that change or, or will continue that change? I think it will. Um, and I do think that whether he likes it or not, and Bob makes a very good point in terms of the numbers, the stats don't lie. Uh, I hate to say it, but Charles Leclerc just became the second driver at Ferrari um, overnight yeah. just because of that record. And if Lewis has learned anything from working with the likes of Alonso and many others, you know, you've got to put your stamp on the team. He did it at McLaren. He did it at Mercedes. Um, they've built teams around him, and presumably they will do the same at Ferrari. Now, on paper and in interviews, Frederick will say, oh, there's no team orders. Um, you know, whoever qualifies quickest. But, you know, Ferrari have a huge record of doing just that. And you mentioned Carlos Sainz. And by the way, we should talk that too. What happens to him? That's coming up. But, um, you know, yeah, I do think that, like I said, I, I still feel, and I, I, I take on what Bob said, I, and I respect what he said. I do still feel, though, that if I had those two to work with, I'd be more confident that we could move Ferrari to the place they need to be, which is not third or fourth, but second, fighting for first against Red Bull. Uh, and and this next two years will be interesting. Um, given how much they want to develop this particular iteration of cars before 26. So it's it's going to be an interesting few years. And remember, this doesn't start till 25. Right. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break on the radio. We're going to stay on live on YouTube, but we'll be back after a quick break. Okay, we're still live on YouTube, and if you're new on YouTube, uh, give us a shout. We got all the usuals jumping in the chat. Let's see. Boy, there's a bunch of talk. By the way, the ne we're going to go to driver discussion next. What do these, does this domino do to the rest of the grid? Um, but let's see. Rumors of Albon coming back. We got all kinds of rumors. Um, yes. Um, let's see. Let me go back. Bob, who top. do you think should go to Mercedes? That's a good question. Um, uh, uh, you know, should we should we take somebody who's already out there? Should we um, go to the pipeline? You know, this raises a bit of an awkward moment for Mercedes because they've got so many young drivers mm -hmm. in the pipeline, and if they have an open seat and they don't put one of those kids in there, you know, it kind of takes some of the support out of the whole program. Um, would you consider Alban a Mercedes driver? All right, well, hold on, Williams? hold on to that. Let's get a couple of questions. Andy, we're coming back, coming back. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Okay, Jonathan, I didn't get to it, but the funniest comment on YouTube right now is from Paul Bryan, as usual. He says, Greeny, did you bring enough treats to share with the rest of the class? Because we're all watching you eat and drink your entire meal. Disgusting act, and it's unfortunate <laughs> that we had that on our air live. That is 
<laughs> I, I resemble that remark. Um, I, I've just flown in from Auckland to Christchurch, didn't have breakfast, didn't have lunch. My room's not ready. But, you know, they don't treat me like Bob Varsha. They treat <laughs> they me just like wrong... any other normal human being. <laughs> they fly the wrong way around the world. It took you all day to go from Auckland to Christchurch. <laughs> well, it took two hours, but I flew early. Oh, okay. <laughs> you went the you went against the time zone, so it took you 24? <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, what I want to talk about is the possible driver dominoes. What effect will this has? this could have? And I guess... The first question would be uh, what you said, Jonathan. What happens to Carlos Sainz? Well, you know, what yeah. do we think? And and you asked Jonathan, uh, Bob that during the break. What do you think, Bob? Well, um, I think, you know, his, his name has been associated with the the Sauber program, which will now be stake, whatever it is, and, uh, and very soon will be Audi. And I think Sainz would be a, a great pickup for them as they make their debut in Formula One. Um Gosh. So we, we, we need to find out what's going to happen to Albon. I read somewhere today that like 11, maybe 12 contracts are up this year mm-hmm. among Formula One drivers. So call it half the grid is going to be out there. And that creates a pretty unique pressure, I think, on drivers and their representatives to get out there and snag the best seat they can because suddenly it's a game of musical chairs and you don't want to be left standing when the music stops. So... Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really inclined to make predictions, but I think science becomes, you know, the biggest plum out there uh, right now, based on what we know. Okay, Jonathan, so Carlos Sainz, how about, I'll, I'll let you talk about it, but I'll just throw one at you. What about just a, a direct swap with Mercedes? Later? That was my first point. Hmm? And, and I'll tell you why. Because science has got a full year against Leclerc um, to throw all team orders out the window, ignore what Ferrari have to say. They've just let him go and and race as hard as he possibly can. His father, as we saw from the Dakar, is one of the hardest working men. If you've read Gunter's book, he'll tell you that. And and there's no question that I think there's a little touch of that with Carlos too. He's determined. He's dogged. And I still don't think we've seen the best of him. He's been rolled around teams Mm -hmm. and he's always been the nearly man. He's always been the second player. Um, So a a straight swap would make sense and i can see russell and science getting on fine and being a very potent force at mercedes um alban to me is the obvious choice given that he's driving a a, a mercedes engine and has seriously come back into his own he can't go back to red bull i think we're going to spend the whole year of 24 looking at the performance of ricardo the performance of alban the performance of science and then as bob says looking at the pipeline that Mercedes have on offer of young drivers. I feel for someone like Antonelli, who's just moved up to Formula 2, uh, having won the Freca Championship and is now, uh, you know, a Ferrari junior and really has no outlet given that, right. that, you know, it's pretty solid at Ferrari for a while. So, you know, again, no, no, who want to be a Ferrari Academy driver when there's nowhere, there's no room at the inn? <laughs> yeah. Fernando Alonso will be a free agent in 2025 if he doesn't do something in 2024. And suddenly he is, uh, you know, he's he's fresh meat in the driver market. So um, fresh is not the word I would use, but okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote down a list, and it just literally as it came to mind was signs direct swap, and then Albon, Ocon, Antonelli, Alonso, Gasly, Drugovich, Vesti, 
Mick Schumacher and Daniel Ricardo. That was my list. And I yeah. didn't really put it in an order for sure, but that's kind of the way it came to mind. Yeah, I mean, Mick and Drogovic are two potentials that, you know, one with a little bit of experience and one that hasn't had his break yet. Yeah. And if Alonso moves on from Aston Martin, uh, you know, Drogovic is their next man up, is he not? Yep. I'm sure Stoffel Van Dorn, who is um, second, next man up for different teams, he's out there saying, hey, hey, remember me over here. Yeah. That's why I think. Uh, I think his day is past, though. I, do you agree with me, guys, that uh, all eyes will be on Ricardo and whether he gets his mojo or he doesn't get his mojo, but so. he's going to be scrutinized because the obvious choice is for him to replace Perez. And if Perez suddenly becomes a, a free agent, could he be in the in the mix? Yeah. Yeah. And no I'm sure doubt. Ricardo doesn't walk around the paddock looking like a credit card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think to, to, to answer your question directly, yes, I think everybody's going to be watching uh, Daniel Ricardo because he didn't really get a good shot, a full shot at it last year for sure. But, uh, you know, I think uh, to me the most exciting of all that, the, the, the kind of the crazy one would be Alonzo just because it would be mind-blowing. Um, but I want to step back to something that somebody said on YouTube. I think, it, in fact, it was Andy P. He said something like, if if um, if if Hamilton could get a win in uh, in red, it's a bronze statue time. There will be Italian hymns written in his honor. I, I just that would be a goosebump moment. I think for all F one fans, wouldn't it? I'll go to you, Jonathan. <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't resist. He was he was taking. Are you sponsored by the steak team tonight, by the way? Is that steak you're yeah. having? Yeah, and I bought it with a visa <laughs> on my app. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, we had, we, had Liam Lawson, uh, we had Liam Lawson at the track yesterday, um, obviously taking some time off, but working for that steak team. Uh -huh. The presenter tried to say, and here we have the reserve driver for the Visa app, State, blah, 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 Red Bull. And, he, and you know, he got tongue-tied and twisted, but it was pretty funny. That's another interesting name, Liam Lawson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's funny. He didn't hit my list. He probably would have had I made had I thought long enough, for sure. He, he couldn't have stepped in and done any better, huh? I yeah. think he'll be watching Ricardo's progress, too. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bob, what do you think is the most likely thing? In terms of? Of, of who's going to take the Mercedes seat and who's going to end up at Ferrari, I guess. Oh, geez. Um, who's going to end up at Ferrari? Other I'm than sorry. Lewis? No. <laughs> um, I, I, I really don't know. Um, I think Albon is a really intriguing choice. Um, I think Mercedes, as we've been talking about, has some obligations, real or morally, to the uh, the Schumachers and the um, who else? Who, who's in that uh, that line? Mm. I don't know. They they've got people. I'm I'm concerned about, as I said before, all these young guys that have been brought into the program, uh, and you know, they, there's just there are too many veterans ahead of them in the food chain 
so it, I don't think, you know, looking at even though Liam Lawson tight, you know, there's, there's just too many guys out in front there. Um, Albon wouldn't surprise me. Uh, gosh, who does Russell hang out with guys like Pierre Gasly? Nah, I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I keep coming back to Alonzo, as crazy as it might seem. Huh. I mean, he's an opportunistic guy, as Jonathan mentioned. He's, he's, you know, the king of making going to the wrong team at the wrong time. And Formula One is littered with stories like that. Guys going back to Chris Amon and beyond, you know, who just went to a team just as they were about to, to uh, you know, wrap themselves around a tree somewhere in terms of performance. So, boy, I don't know. In the meantime, I will say uh, Alonzo or Albon. I, I don't think Alonso or Toto would ever see eye to eye. I don't think Toto would be foolish enough to ruin Russell's career. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Um, and what I mean by that is Alonso is well known for it. He, he you know, the fact that he took Pedro de la Rosa with him and there's his history there. He's got a minder. He's got a guy that's on the inside looking looking for him. Um, I don't think that would work for Toto. And I think that with George Russell, if he got an album or a younger driver alongside him, he could well be a two, three-time world champion, in my opinion. I really do rate George Russell and the, the Mercedes package. And now with Hamilton gone, they've got to build the team around him and they've got to support mm -hmm. him with a driver that helps, not hinders him. So Alonso, for me, would be the wrong choice. And I think actually Alonso is sort of waiting for Aston Martin's investment to pay off. Uh, we haven't seen the best of Aston Martin. They could well be going for a championship themselves with Alonso at the helm. And it's but worth noting the rumor mill is roiled with stories of Hamilton taking his race engineer, Peter Bonington, with him. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, one or two other key figures from Mercedes. They have already lost some key people uh, following the James Vowles road. He went to to Williams, of course. Um, you know, it could be in many ways a, a different Mercedes team um, in 2024, certainly in 2025 and 26. So, you know, there's more to it than just changing the nut behind the wheel. And uh, unless we forget, Bob. Uh, that's exactly what Michael Schumacher did at Ferrari. He took Ross Braun, Rory Byrne, and um, John Barnard effectively with him to turn around Ferrari, and he did so. Yep, because he knew, I can't do it myself. I need guys yeah. who are going to do what I think we ought to do, and that was, yeah. Well, I so. was looking at, Bob, when I'm asking you, I was looking at uh, what the kind of the, the consensus, it feels like Albon and I don't know. I mean, that's just what the internet feels like that everybody's thinking Albon. And Jonathan, I really what I was going to say is, is that who would who would move there if Albon were taken? So Williams? Yeah, who would go to Williams if Albon moves? Signs. How yeah. about here's another name out of the haystack, Valtteri Bottas? Ooh, he get away from. Sauber, does he want to stay the course and hopefully land with the Audi team? Or would he like to go back to a proven commodity like Mercedes? Go back to Mercedes and play the same role he did to George Russell. To, that he I did don't to Hamilton. Like that. <laughs> no, I don't I don't see both us going and, and being a number two to George Russell. I, I, mean, I don't think he'd be the number one if he did. I mean, think about it. But I don't think he'd make that move. 
Okay. Personally. Yeah. That, that's, the, that's the funnest thing about all of this is that there's, there's, we have no idea what's going to happen and what the, <laughs> the possibilities are, are approaching right. infinite. The truth of the matter is, Hamilton and Alonso, the elder statesmen, the old fellas, have spooked, have you know, have smeared the pooch. What do, what do you call it? Um, they've they've changed the game. They they're, they're going on to a year, an age that Formula One drivers don't often do, and they're still at the top of their game. They're still capable of winning. Sure. All right. Well, we are going to take Scooch a break. the pooch. That's where I was going. Well, yeah. yeah. Perform unspeakable acts with the pooch. We're going to take a break, and we're going to talk Andretti, and we'll probably end up talking some more Hamilton after this. You listen to your Sunday night with Speed City back after this. All right. I'm done. You're, you're finally done with dinner. Tell, tell Paul <laughs> Brian I'm done. You got 28 more minutes. You're not done. Yeah. Man, I can't keep up with the. I love the conversation with everybody out there on YouTube. Uh, anybody new out there? Uh, let's see. Alejandra Merley looks new. I don't recognize that name. Good evening to I you. I was on YouTube for 14 hours yesterday out at Road Atlanta, and I pumped the show. And so hopefully we have some newbies out there. Uh, what were you doing, Bob? I was calling, believe it or not, I was part of the commentary team for the Champ Car, which was the former Chunk Car series, you know, <laughs> basic street cars modified for racing um, at Road Atlanta, 14-hour event. Um, started doing it several years ago when a good friend of mine, Doc Walter, who had entered a team in the series, passed away um, under unfortunate circumstances. Mm. Uh, and I just keep going back because it's, you know, 40 minutes up the road and you know, they wrote me a nice Why chat. Not? Here we go. Good fun. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. It took almost a full year, almost to the day, for FOM to reject Andretti's bid to bring an 11th team to Formula One because it was October 2nd, 2023, a year ago this past Friday, that the FIA formally invited all the applicants to join the World Championship in 25 or 26. And right before this anniversary, FOM delivers the news that most F1 fans, based on what I'm seeing, not just here in the U.S., but around the world, do not, did not want to hear they rejected the bid from Andretti Global to enter Formula One. And I when this happened, I just reacted viscerally. I I was you know, to say I was surprised, I wasn't, but but when it actually happened, I just couldn't believe it. And I was probably more upset than I've been about Formula One in a long time, if ever. And and I'm really still having a hard time admitting this is a done deal. And I, you know, and I, and I, and Bob, I'm going to start with you because we were texting and you seem to be just about as upset as I was. Well, initially I was upset, but not all that much. I mean, it's their championship. They have their reasons about who gets in and who doesn't. But when FOM released this absolutely inane document, explaining their reasons for declining the entry. That's what really um, blew my head off. Um, I've got the document here. It, it's just crazy. 
um, with a, you know, I'll go run through a couple of things. With a uh, 2025, last year, the current regulatory cycle, uh, and then a, a uh, 2026 new engines, that means a new entrant is going to have to build a new car for 2025 and then another new car for 2026. Well, everybody else is going to do that too. So what, you know, who are you to judge whether or not if they're willing to do it, let them do it. You've already got their 200 million or whatever you're going to wind up costing them. Um, what else? Uh, oh, we can't have them coming in with a customer uh, power unit that endangers the intellectual property of the existing you know, uh, OEMs in the series. Well, how is that different from the six customer teams currently on the grid? Um, although they did note later on, well, you know, if Cadillac comes back in 2026, we'd look much more kindly on that. Oh, please. Mm. Um, blah, blah, blah. Oh, they're not going to be competitive. How do you know that? Mm-hmm. They've got yeah. Chester, a Formula One veteran technical director with a great resume. He's got, you know, he's lining up his technical team. They're going. They got a car in the wind tunnel for crying out loud. That's never going to see the light of day on a racetrack in a competition. But they're going to be testing the, you know, the dog meal out of it to uh, to learn everything they can, as any good applicant team would do, in order to be on the grid with uh, with as much knowledge as they can. Uh, coming to the sport with a new power unit manufacturer is a huge challenge. Major automotive manufacturers have struggled in the past, and uh, it can take years for a manufacturer to uh, to to in order to become competitive. Well, why make them wait until 2026? Yeah. In there now, so they can be competitive by 2026. And then it says GM have the resources and credibility to be more than capable of attempting this challenge, but success is not assured. What is sport if it's not? Success is not assured. Jonathan, I, I, I see yeah. your face. And I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad Bob's got me riled up. The, the, it's the most pathetic statement I've ever seen uh, that Formula One or whoever put that statement out. And I'm not talking about Liberty Media, and I'm not talking about the teams. They ha- have kept quiet. This is FOM, and I think, it honestly, it... it it, it, it beggars belief because it makes us all look like fools. None of us believe that. Bob's absolutely right. We love this sport. We love everything about it. And those statements don't ring true. Because if they did ring true, what are Haas doing there? They came fifth in their second season. Um, and sure, they've had a bad time of it. But the customer teams have always gone, well, they may as well have written the statement that says, oh, dear, dear Andretti, we don't really like you, but we like GM. So... Can we just hold this until 28 and then we'll have GM in Formula One? That's right. really what they're saying. And Bob, yeah. when, when when you were t- you talk about my visceral reaction, when I because this all happened, it all came out at the same time. And when I read that they call they kept calling Andretti novice. They said it three times. Ah. And I was like, <clears throat> what are you talking about? I mean, just if you just look at Andretti, I mean, just look in the last year. Indy 500 win, the the Formula E championship. They were on the podium a couple of weeks ago at Daytona. I mean, it, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And they're calling them a novice. Well, and GM, they're calling GM a novice as well. Here's the kicker. Uh, while the Andretti name carries some recognition for Formula One fans, <laughs> our research, which I would really like to see, indicates that F1 would bring more value to the Andretti brand rather than the other way around. 
which is total bullshit from the first capital letter to the period at the end of the sentence. Anybody? And you tell me, okay, if that's the value, sorry, Bob, I don't well, mean to interrupt you. That's okay. You're not. But if that's the value comment, you tell me how much has have brought and how much Alpine are currently bringing and how much yes. stake are currently bringing and how much Alfa Romeo in their time in Formula One brought. Marussia, HRT, back and back and back. Virgin, I'm sorry. You guys are rewriting the history books here. Yeah, and think of the other three uh, teams that got turned down with Andretti. Uh, you had Carlin, who at least have some claim to being a racing operation, although nothing on the scale of Formula One. Uh, Formula Equal, which was politically correct in promising that their driver lineup would be male and female, and some other name that I, I can't even recall right now. Never heard of uh, Julian. Ja Julian um, uh, uh, Villeneuve's manager. Yeah, that was the Chocolate. Formula. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't. High tech also had a had yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean, but none of those, none of them approximate what Andretti Global <laughs> or all the Andretti companies have done in racing around the world for decades now, not just, you know, these are not Johnny's come lately. And this idea that, well, you know, a lot of people don't know who Andretti is. What? If you don't know the Andretti name, you are not a fan. That, that's all there is to it. And stick around and we'll, we'll tell you who they are. And, and I honestly feel that this is a classic case of the tail wagging the dog because for the simple reason for a sport this big and, you know, Liberty Media have just been announced as the biggest sport franchise in the world. And they must be embarrassed by this because, hang on a minute, am I right in saying that four years ago, the last Concord Agreement was agreed and in that Concord Agreement, it was sown the seed that the full number of teams allowed in Formula One is 13. There are currently 10. They will take bids from other teams. Four bids came in. Only one made it. And then to turn that bid down after all those years, what's the point, guys? Just say we are a closed shop of 10 teams. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it boils down to, Jonathan, because no one could have lived up to what they've put out, what they've decided. Not that what they put out, because the, the request they put out, Andretti ticked every box and then some. I just don't think, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know unless it's, a European thing, um, you know, had Porsche come in with, I, I don't know. I just don't know. And yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine it because I, it was, it was, I mean, I, I feel like there's something we're missing. Is there something going on that we don't know about? What, the the, know, the cynic sure in me says that Ford don't want GM there because obviously Ford are coming in and the other team that don't want them there is Ferrari. And how about every other team on the grid right now? Because, if Andretti comes in, yeah, I don't expect them to win the championship the year they start, right? But let's say they come in and and uh, with the with the Andretti attitude, because we've seen it, we've seen it in person, we've seen the way Michael and Mario are. They do not ever want to lose ever, and coming in with the, with the backing of the of the dollars that they can bring from first of all, let's start with General Motors. I, you know, I think they they could easily be competitive near the top before too long, way faster than Haas did. And, and, and it, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm waiting in line. Well, I was just going to say that, that, that statement about being competitive, I was like, 
okay, so last year, no one was competitive right. with Red Bull. Yeah, there were Zero. nine teams that couldn't compete with last year's champion. Zero so. teams were competitive. Right. And that I was just, you know, that's absurd with that statement. And this business about, oh, it puts too much of a burden on the organizers of the various races. Okay, well, let's say we take $5 million off the price of bringing the circus to town for all of these you know, race organizers out there who were already spending, you know, $50 million to bring Formula One to their towns, plus all of the other associated work they have to do to get ready for a Formula One Grand Prix. Um, and then let's pass that on to the organizers. Zanford's already said they're going to add garages. Jonathan and I were at Las Vegas. Okay, what do you say we take that garage away from the, the paddock club open yeah. bar at the far end of the pit lane. They don't need that. There's one garage. How about the FIA gets out of the garage and has an office right in the paddock? There's another garage. Or take Brad Pitt's, Brad Pitt's garage. Oh, yeah, Brad Pitt's okay. Garage. <laughs> Sorry, Hollywood. Get out of here. we got a sport to run. A sport where success is not guaranteed. Competitiveness is not guaranteed. It's a challenge. It's an effort. And you can't deny somebody the opportunity all things being equal, if they look like the real deal, and anybody who wants to argue with me about whether Andretti Global is the real deal or not, take a number. Mm. Uh, me what too. I, what I yeah. loved, I, I what I loved is um, the backlash was not just American; it was across the board. Yeah. I looked at every poll. I put up a Twitter poll, and uh, Casey's putting that up on YouTube and Facebook right now, and it showed seventy-seven percent, and that's with. Um, we had about 300 organic votes. I boosted it, and I, I only targeted people who wanted to, who will follow F1 fans, who uh, F1 team, excuse me. So they were 100% F1 fans, and it was 77% of the people that voted thought F1 was wrong in denying Andretti the entry. And this was a global. I saw, um, I saw polls from the race. I saw polls from um, – I, I can't remember all the different outlets, but they all – Mine was one of the lowest, at 77%. Yeah. And they were, I mean, some of them were as high as 90% because the fans want this. And, I mean, what, this just seems so crazy to me. The fans want it so bad. Now, we need an important distinction here. They're going to say, well, the fans don't know anything about how the business is run. They don't understand the challenges we face as an organization. No, they just know that the idea of the Adretti name competing in the world's premier form of motorsport makes all the sense in the world, and they want to see that happen. And that's the number that FOM has to be looking at. Not so much, oh, how much is how much more is Mercedes going to get out of the prize pool? It should be... How can we make the championship bigger and better and attract more fans? And I don't see how turning down an Andretti effort helps that cause. Jonathan, John, I, I, I gotta, I, I gotta make a point also about the USA and 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 how it's taken the wind out of the sails of all the efforts of. Ota and Bobby Epstein, all the efforts of Stephen Ross and Miami, all the efforts of Las Vegas and the success they brought, given that there was cynical um, before it happened. I, I feel for the young drivers. Colton Herter will ne never get a shot, nor will Kirkwood, nor will uh, Bryce Aaron, who's just arrived here in New Zealand as an Andretti Global driver in a junior formula. And 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 all of the and and, and frankly, you know, I I feel for Bob my, and myself. We since the early 90s 
banging the drum for Formula One in America. I, me for ABC and ESPN, obviously, Bob, for many other networks, more than I have. And, and we've been doing it ourselves in Speed City. And I'm not looking for us to get any credit. But what, you had such great impetus before this announcement for Formula One in America. And it's just got blown away. Jonathan, I want to follow that with the 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 backlash was I saw people saying, I am canceling my F1 TV. I am I'm not buying my tickets. I, in fact, I read one that what? said, I'm canceling my tickets to Coda. And actually, I reached out to Bobby Epstein, and he, he didn't have a comment at this time. I didn't, I didn't tell him what I was wanted him to talk about, but that was what I wanted to say and say, this could be hurting yeah. ticket sales, you know? Yeah. But, but I yeah. think I saw a lot of people, not just a few, a lot of people saying things like that. Now, look, we all can react emotionally in the moment. But I think there will be backlash. I think you're right, Jonathan. And I mean, I seriously was like, I don't care what I say about this. And I don't care if it makes someone mad and we lose our our gig as Speed City. I was like, I don't care because this is ridiculous to me. But, you know, I, that's how bad it, it felt to me. That same attitude among the journalists who offered an opinion, to my knowledge, was unanimous that this is crazy. Yep. What a crazy idea that they would turn away a, a totally plausible, uh, well-advanced effort. And the Andretti boys said, we're going to keep working. We're going to, you know, we're going to put this car through the wind tunnel and we're going to improve the next car and the next one after that. Um, you know, to say that the Andretti organization underestimates the challenge of getting involved in Formula One just turns my stomach. I mean, come on, folks. And I was speaking with a journalist the other day about another project, and he said it was his understanding that Andretti committed to entries in Formula 2 and Formula 3 to help bring new talent up, and God. General Motors committed to a $100 million ad buy to promote the championship and Andretti's participation in it. I mean... Something's missing here. I don't. Somebody, some, I, I agree. Missing. What's missing? I don't, what about I don't the sustainability? know. They had to prove their sustainability and what they were going to do and all the rest of it. it yeah. You're right. I smell a rat here. It's not right. Uh, it really isn't. It doesn't make any sense for this to have happened. And, and, you know, let me put a positive light on it. I hope Michael Andretti just gets the bit between his teeth. He's got 125 people working on this project. And as Bob said, they were in the wind tunnel. So he's spent millions already on this project, and I hope he visits every Formula One team currently and says, would you like to work on our 2028 GM project? And we'll come in and we'll blow the doors off, as Michael Caine would say, because I, I, I want, you know, I, I just want that dogged determination of this rejection to be turned around. Uh, Jonathan, I do hope Andretti lets... If not, let's one person go, maybe admonishes one person, and that's the IT person because of the spam <laughs> folder situation. Can you believe oh, on, can, can you believe that a billion dollar deal that somebody, not Dominicali, didn't send an email to Michael, it was some administrative person sending an email and then didn't follow up when someone didn't respond. I the, again, I smell a rat. when you're doing a huge deal, you don't send an email and go, well, I guess they don't want to do this deal because they never responded to my email. That That is just absurd. I, I don't get it. It is. It is. I've had invoices get lost to clients all the time, and I'll say, check your junk folder. Check your junk folder. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's, 
But then that assumes that it was in the junk folder, that it was actually sent, that I wouldn't be surprised if they had the wrong email address for crying out loud. I mean, this is, it's crazy. Yes. And why doesn't somebody pick up the phone and say, Michael, we got to talk. Can, where can we meet? You know, that kind of thing. I mean, this is, how do you close it? How many races has Michael been to in the last two years? (laughs) He's hardly inaccessible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, you said Michael gets a bit between his teeth. I I don't think that's a problem. I think you're going to have to, (laughs) you're going to have to rein him in to continue the theme there because I, you know, they said it, the Andretti statement, they said, we're not done and we're not stepping down. And so if we just had a lawyer, oh yeah, Bob has a law degree. Bob, I, I, what, can, <laughs> what can they do from a legal? I know that's, a, I don't really mean, because I know you're not in the middle of that, but what could they possibly do? Well, I don't know. I, I, first of all, just from a philosophical point of view, you don't want to do that because you don't want to, you know, to sue your way into a series where you're going to be competing against all the people that you've sued. I mean, that's just, that doesn't work. They, they, they've got to negotiate this out. Um, you know, I'm spending Michael's money, but I would go ahead, you know, develop the project, as you've said you will, go out there and test your ass off. And when anybody says, oh, no, we don't allow testing in Formula One, you say, I'm not in Formula One. I'd like to be, and I've got a car that's breaking records everywhere, assuming that happens. Uh, so uh, what do you say, pal? And then they'll say, well, you're too competitive. We can't possibly have you. You know, Bob, I, I agree. I, I don't want, and I don't think that's the right move, but I think yeah. that there, you could always say in the background, you know, of any conversation like this, well, let me run this by the lawyers because I, I think yeah. there's, you know, there could be a case, but I, I want to go to some no, of the. I understand. Yeah. But I, it's, it's going to have to go to an international court of, you know, something or other. There won't be a jury. Uh, it'll be. Um, Looking at the uh, FOM rules, uh, it, it's just it, it's going to be too vague. Uh, we said uh, we didn't think they were good enough. We think we are good enough. Uh, unless you got a smoking gun, you know, a nice set of emails where somebody says, I don't care how good Andretti is or how far advanced their program is. We're not going to let those sons of bitches into our series for crying out loud. Um, you know, barring that, uh, it would be uh, it would be a tough slog. All right. Well, you know, I, I'm going to. Bob, I, I think Casey's used up all the dump for local radio. So, <laughs> but I do want to go to a couple of comments here because, by the way, David David Lawrence says, "Guys, can we do another hour of this? Can, this is awesome." And <laughs> and I wanted to, David. I actually almost planned it tonight because I knew this was going to happen. But uh, it's still a midweek show. Yeah, we'll have yeah. a Formula One season preview show, and we'll get yeah. it in there. Uh, there's a couple of comments I got to get to here. Um, David, again, says Andretti would have easily finished sixth in year one. Kevin Kelly says boycott F1. Um, Dixon Smith, I canceled my F1 TV subscription. They want American money, but won't truly accept Americans as a competitive force that wants to win titles. I'm going to use that money to to attend an IndyCar race. I saw a huge IndyCar uptake on this. Um, Somebody else says... uh, (laughs) Ali says, uh, bring Mario back as the sheriff of code and have a big rally for the Andrettis. Um, Brandon says it was a very bad move. We have three races tickets and are, are, and tickets are not cheap. Inflation is high. Pretty easy combo for someone to say, nah, I'll pass. We need to see more than one American team in F1. And that leads me to the next thing is that we have an American team in Haas, but did you guys see the backlash against Haas? Because almost, I mean, the first few hours it was, uh, just tell, tell Haas to sell to Andretti. And I saw that 
over and over, you know, because it feels, you know, the, the theme was Gene doesn't care. He's not put, investing in the, in, the, in the team, you know, that because that's what Gunther basically said. And they said, just get Gene to sell the team to the Andretti's and solve all of these problems. You know what? I'll, I'll make a statement, and I've said it before. He should buy Alpine. Yeah, you have said that one. The, and the reason being, they now have a multitude of American and celebrity investors from Rory McIlroy to heavyweight champion yep. boxers to uh, Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob McElhaney, et cetera. Um, they had their deal for the engine with Renault anyway. They have a relationship there. Um, we know that there was a price put on Alpine's head, which was I think was $1.2 billion, uh, when it was rumoured. Um, I don't believe that Haas want to sell simply because they've had 10 years of hard luck and a lot of loss of money. And I think Gene is just as dog as anybody else to keep the franchise that now is worth over a billion, regardless of whether you finish first or 10th. And I, I, I don't think, and, and, and as we've heard in, in, in the press from Andretti, that he's been given a solid no every time he's asked. So I think he should be looking at perhaps one of those other teams. Um with the same plan in mind to replace that Renault engine with GM in 28. Yeah. And, and Andy P jumps on and says that same group of investors wanted, wanted to, but Haas uh, to buy Haas, excuse me, wanted to buy Haas, but Gene apparently said no. Yeah. Gene apparently has said no multiple times. I mean, he's sitting on a, a, a now franchise that's worth, you know, upwards of a billion dollars. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying that that is the answer. I'm just saying that was a, there was a, that Haas was taking a bunch of this backlash. Um, another comment from David Lawrence. He said, I'll remain an F1 fan and still want to attend every, an F1 race, but I will not go to a U.S. race because as an F1 fan, I feel the experience is not for me. The fan will go to a European race. But if Andretti, David, I bet you, if Andretti were fielding a team, you'd be clamoring to buy tickets and raising the ticket prices. I, I just don't understand this. I just think that... You know, I said it the moment that it was announced. I said the pool, they said, because Toto and Christian came out and said, we don't want to dilute the pool. And I was thinking, what kind of money can Andretti bring to this thing that makes going to make the pool immediately bigger if you divide by 11? And I'm stick to that. I think that that is a no brainer. But I just looked at the clock. We're now down to about 90 seconds. Any final thoughts, Jonathan? Yeah, I just want to know whose decision it really was. I've, I've been saying this all along. It's not the decision of those teams that have been vociferous like Toto and Gunter in his time. Time. It's not their decision. They don't have a say in it. It's it's the FIA and Formula One management. And I know that Ben Suleiman has been positive. So who has who has stopped this from going through? Mm, I know. I, I yeah. Well, we're down to a minute. Hey, I have one. Quick comment that I want to say to everybody, uh, especially um, I'm going to put it out on YouTube maybe as a poll, but we're thinking about moving our show to 5 o'clock Central Time, so two hours earlier than we have been. And I wanted to get y'all's take on that. So if you guys have an opinion on that, put it, drop it in the comments. And if you watch this afterwards, not live, drop it in the comments. Or send an info, send an email to info at speedcitybroadcast.com. But Bob, any final thoughts? you got 10 seconds. You're, you're on mute, by the way. Now you have five yeah. seconds. <laughs> okay. Uh, looking forward to Bahrain. <laughs> yeah. We're still going to cover F1. 
Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. We me are. too. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. We appreciate you listening to our rants, and um, we'll talk to you next Sunday night.